Hey, how we doing? Yo, yo. We got David on the line. Hi, my name is Drew, and this is Dadly Duties. Uh, we have someone new on the podcast today, David. Say hi. Yo, yo. Uh, some stuff about David. He's part of my uh, part of squad, uh, my inner circle. Uh, consider him my brother and definitely my dad. <clears throat> uh, he's one of those friends that always listens, uh, but he's also always ready to engage too. So that's a little bit about David. Uh, the other person we have on, oh yeah, D- David, do you want to say anything? Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? No, no, no. Sounds, that sounds perfect. Thanks. Uh, thanks for the introduction, Drew and, uh, pleasure, pleasure being on here. Nice to meet everyone. Um, all those listeners out there. Um, and, uh, honored to be the token Asian of, of squad. <laughs> not token, not token. You're, 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 uh, you're alpha, you're alpha. <laughs> um, you said so, it, not me. You said it, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, we got John on here, who's been on the podcast. We got a matching tattoo. What's up? I'm back. He's back. What's up, y'all? I'm pumped to be on here with Drew and with David. Yeah. And we're all about to have another matching tattoo. We'll talk about that later uh, if we have time. Um, but yeah, today we are talking about movie and TV dads uh, or dad figures. Um, if you're listening, know that this, uh, may have spoilers, spoiler alert. Um, there, we're going to be talking about TV and, and movies, so you may not have seen it. So we may be ruining things. So, um, if you're not down with it, then, uh, sorry, <laughs> my bad, <laughs> but, uh, it's going to be a good one. <clears throat> so we'll start off with David. I want to hear your number one draft pick. Doesn't need to be in any particular order, by the way. Mine are definitely not in a particular order. Uh, it just kind of mixed up. I just off the top of my head, I have a list, but um, yeah, David, who's your, your first pick? Awesome. Um, with the first pick of the 2023 dad's movie and TV <laughs> show uh, draft, I Love select uh, Gladiators Russell Crowe. Ooh, Ooh, that's a good one. Quality. That is quality. Would you like to substantiate your claim a little bit? Oh man, what I mean, what else can I say? It's, uh, it's, it's for me, it's the dad of all dads. It's, it's if I if I could be in any movie, if I could have ever uh, played a character, it would have been him. I think he for oh, me, he just embodied everything about you know literally getting getting ripped to the to the absolute low of low and and found a way, found redemption and. Um, it's, it's a movie that I've, I've seen probably two, three times every year, you know, since, wow. since I was like five or six. I know I'd be lying. And um, it's funny. I think each time I watch it now, uh, my interpretation changes. I think when I was young, obviously, like I really just I was watching for the revenge, for the blood and the gore. Yeah, I love it. And the, the, the bromance that he had with with another another Hall of Famer there. But I think now I've come to realize like at the end, you know, there was a reason again, spoiler alert, but there was a reason why he had to die and he couldn't live and, and he found his peace at the end. Um, and he joined his family right in the afterlife. But, uh, you know, for, for a while there, I was always just so shaken when I was like, I used to think like, why does he have to die? You know, mm-hmm. why couldn't 
he escape and get to his, you know, his army, and then his army would just march right down Rome and fuck everybody up, right? And, yeah. <laughs> and just just mess everyone up, and and uh, you know, and 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 become, you know, the next, you know, the next line, the next emperor of Rome. But again, that's oh, a sure. story. So learned a lot. I learned a lot from that. That's a good one. That's definitely one of those like I heard Anthony Mackie talk about action movies how. They're used action movies used to have like action heroes. You used to go watch like a an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, a Sil- Sylvester Stallone movie. Now you go for the the characters. You go to see Captain America. You go to see Batman. Whatever. You don't really see the movie star movies mm-hmm. anymore. Like the actor themselves like, being the star. Yeah, and I feel like Gladiator was one of those like transition movies where like Russell Crowe was. That was a Russell Crowe movie. Like yes. that was epic. Also, I also think it's interesting that, you know, he makes that that list for you, even though you don't get to see him being a dad Mm. through almost the entire movie. Yeah. You know, like there's he still has that like essence of like why he's doing what he's doing for sure. Yeah, just like that classic line. Right. Um, I forgot which the the right order, but, you know, husband to a murdered wife, father Mm -hmm. to a murdered son. Yeah, I will have my revenge right in this oh. in this life or the next. So good. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go next. My next one is not as gnarly or serious <laughs> at all. It's Tim the Toolman Taylor from Home Improvement. Home Improvement. <laughs> uh, throwback to the '90s. So good. I love Tim Allen in almost anything he's in back then. So so good. Um. Yeah, I I picked him because I remember watching that as a kid on like Nick at Night, like the the throwback, and uh, he's just so funny, and it's just it embodies like that. Co- he's just a walking dad joke, like everything about him is just like so silly and nonsensical. I don't know if you guys remember, but <clears throat> I didn't remember. I I had to kind of like brush up on it a little bit, but he used to have these sayings. So he would like take whatever a common uh, phrase that people say. Um, I can't think of one off the top of head, top of my head, but um, you'd take like a common phrase and like totally mess it up. And it was always hilarious. It made no sense. Everybody would turn and look and be like, what the hell did he just say? And he would say it like it was some like dad wisdom. And I thought that was hilarious. Um, and then the other part of it is like he's this handyman. Like he has a spot on like uh, what is it called? Back when you could like buy a spot on local television. Oh yeah, yeah. And he was a handyman, but he would fuck everything up. <laughs> like everything got messed up. Everything. He fell from roofs. He got electrocuted. He shattered all the glass in the house by installing like a way too big speaker system. Like it was just always this ridiculous mess up. And it just, it reminds me of like that just innocent dad mess ups. I just, oh, I love it. I love it. Trying so hard, like heart's in the right place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Doesn't always get the job done. Yeah, <laughs> but like it's the effort that counts, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right, I'm up. Let's do it. This one was a pretty easy pick for me, my my first pick. Uh, I got to go with Coach Eric Taylor mm-hmm. from Friday Night Lights. Mm-hmm. He is my 
my most, I think my most influential dad character mm. because, you know, when Friday Night Lights was coming out, it was when I was, you know, or when I watched it, it wasn't the best time in my life with my dad. So like, it was really important to see kind of how he like handled interactions and, you know, being not just a father to his own kids, but you know, to, to the team and the kind mm. of father figure role that he plays and like being a dad for all of those guys. And I think it's, it was more valuable because it wasn't this like pristine, perfect, clear cut dad mm. that made all the right choices and set the right example all the time. You know, he made mistakes and he stuck to his guns when he felt passionate about things and, you know, always tried to do right by everyone else. So learning from his mistakes and also, you know, recognizing, you know, like his relationship with his wife. Mm -hmm. And that's one of my favorite TV relationships ever. And just like seeing how much of a team like they are and able to, to work through things together and communicate with their daughter. Like he's just all around pros and cons, just lessons learned from, from coach Taylor and, Definitely my uh, my top guy, my top Damn. dad. Hell yeah, that's 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 super good. I feel like coach coach movies are so good in that way because like every, especially youth sports coach, like plays somewhat of that role to like whatever uh, girls team or boys team or whatever. It's a little bit of like. I'm not just coaching you on how to like do the sport. I'm coaching you on like how to have moral fiber and like work hard and hold yourself accountable and be part of a team. It's like, those are all like traits you need in life. And for me, like now, like as a coach and, you know, prospective dad, like I, I look at how he balances his own child, his own kids with, you know, the team and having that balance where there's, you know, you're going so far out of your way for the team. Sometimes you maybe your own kids feel slighted in some ways during, you know, some of the seasons. So yeah, there's, there's just, Oh, it's so good. It makes me want to rewatch it again now. <laughs> Love it. That's so good. Um, I think it's fitting then that, that my, my next, my next one, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to cheat here and, and kind of, I've got two people at number two, but they're both That's coaches. Right. Um, I'll say I'll caveat. I I could not agree more. I think I think Coach Eric Taylor, especially just the fact that it's a TV show, like you can go deeper and mm-hmm. you can really show both the coach on the field, but the dad and husband off the field mm-hmm. in ways that movies can't quite capture. I think a lot of times in movies you have no choice but to focus on the coach piece, which is still important. You see the father figure come through, the dad figure come through. Um, so with that, I think. I'm going to, I'm going to tie it here. I'm going to break the rule here. And I'm going to say my next two would be remember the Titan Denzel Washington Mm. and coach Carter's Samuel Jackson. Uh, I think for me, like those two, and I'm literally just going to speak to them together because they're literally the same, but I think a lot has already been, been said here, but I always love the fact that they both had, they both saw so much potential and they wanted more potential in their players beyond just being a player. It wasn't about being the top scorer and being the popular kid and and winning all those games. It's about what, what comes out of that. How can you become a man, right? How can you become a positive influence on this world? (laughs) 
um, and take your take your ability and not just put it in in the sport, but but become something more than that, right? And I think um, a lot of this kind of has already been said with with Coach Eric Taylor um, examples. So I'll just kind of keep it brief here. But yeah, those those two have always motivated me and. Every time I watch those movies, I, I just I'm ready to run through a brick wall, you know. And, <laughs> and uh, sometimes I wish I had a coach like that, to be honest. Um, but I, I think it's it's uh, it's cool. I think the closest thing that I've experienced to that, not to get too sentimental here, is actually is actually John. Um, yeah. Oh man! And and and, and put and me I, on the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put him on put the him list. On the TV. Put me on the list. Put on the list, but yeah, I mean, again, not 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 trying to take up too much more time here, but yeah, I, I think sometimes I think through my friendship with John, I could have imagined, and um, I, I see a lot of the the coachness in him, um, and yeah, I mean, I, I always joke with, I joke with John, I mean, I joke with you too, like honestly, like everyone in our squad, like you guys are all at some point going to be very very, uh, you know, crucial influences on 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 my kids you know one day and and so you know i know i'm gonna go to drew when i want my kids to we talked about right go on a trampoline like i I never got the chance to be on a trampoline i'm not comfortable with it i never will be comfortable with it but i don't want my kids to feel that way you know so i'm gonna go to coach drew and just at least my kid knows how to do a proper tuck and knows how to protect himself and you know i'm gonna go to coach john when 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 i need my kid to learn how to wrestle so he doesn't get bullied on the on the block and uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe a star uh, safety. I don't know, uh, one day. So it's kind of where I'm at. I love it. I, I think you, not even like meaning to, but totally encapsulated like how I view like dad as a whole is like influencing others in your life to be better than they were before, right? Like, that's totally what it's all about. That's completely like the most brief way to put it is being like a positive influence in other people's lives and like making that, not making them. Cause I, <clears throat> I want to phrase this carefully, but like inspiring them to be, want to be better than they are, I guess. Um, and I think that's like totally what, you're talking about with coach Carter and, and uh, um, remember the Titans with Denzel Washington. It's totally all about like inspiring those kids to be like, not just like good athletes and get good scores and like be the best athlete, but it's also a, like be a team player, be a good, good person and like play fair and square and all that kind of stuff. You know, yeah. I love it. Totally love it. Some top tier coaches right there for sure. That's a big. That's a big three. <laughs> coaches, dude. Coaches, totally dad thing. John, it's a pre dad thing. It, it is a pre dad. <laughs> it's a pre dad. It's a post dad. It's a mid dad. Yeah, dad all around. All right, I got for my next pick. He is a dad, but he is better known as Uncle Phil. Ooh, so good. Um. Obviously, he he has his own kids in Fresh Prince. You know, it's not just uh, oh. it's not just the Fresh Prince. Um, but um, yeah, he he's who I think of. You know, my childhood watching watching TV, and you know, watching somebody you know so different from me 
you know, growing up. Mm. And there's a lot of like, um, not mirror, like parallels, but like the opposite of that. You know, like things like, like obviously they're a black family mm-hmm. and I am white. <laughs> That's a very easy, like, you know, surface difference. level, yeah. But then seeing, you know, me growing up, you know, not in the best area and, you know, not having a lot of money and, you know, seeing his shift in lifestyle and, you know, being, you know, the guy with the big house and the big family that takes in another family member, you know, I see a lot of differences, but also parallels with, you know, like my family and my dad and, you know, those character traits and being willing to take people in and, you know, my dad's taking people into our house. You know, my cousin stayed at my house for two years, you know, after I moved out of, uh, to go to college. And just interesting seeing the, you know, the the dad trait and the dad character, like, core come out regardless of, like, the situation you're in. You know, regardless of race or financial status or, you know, where you live, you know, in Bel Air versus in Westside Hayward, you know, yeah. like... Like that, that core trait I think shines through, and he's a he's a dad that I really see that with, you know, raising not just his own kids, but you know, someone else in one of the toughest times in their life, you know, in that late teens age to to parent someone is really tough to start off at, you know, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen is a no small task, and I think he kills it yeah. in Fresh Prince. He just and it's got one of the best dad son moments, even though it's he's his oh, uncle dude. of yeah. all time. Like I like thinking about it. Me too. Yes. And you know, I think that is what represents like being a dad is like being there in those moments for people who need you, family, you know, or not. Yeah. Um I, I guess a question for both of you, just and, and again, I guess we have to go a little bit back for a reach pick, but um, I'm curious, and especially John being, I think, closer to being a, a father than 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 Drew and I. Um, you know, I think this question is more directed at him, but I also want Drew's Drew's perspective too here. But if you look at you know their their draft picks, if, if you could kind of like take one thing from each one that you feel like would most apply or, or will shape how you hope to be a father. Ooh, Ooh that's what was that? So, that was good. There's layers now. I know <laughs> David, you, you might have to be like a regular on the podcast. <laughs> I might have to consult you that before is, each podcast. That's deep. All right. Um, I'm gonna pay you. <laughs> I think uh, for uncle Phil, uh, it's going to be, I think just like having patience. I think he deals with the most BS. <laughs> you know, like he Will Smith. It's Will Smith's uh, character. character. I'm blanking Sorry. on his name right now. What is Will? Is it Will? Yeah, it is Will. Will. Yeah, he he just obviously he's a rambunctious kid. He gets into all kinds of stuff, and Uncle Phil's patience with with him in such a you know situation where he could kick him out anytime you know like he did not need to be there he was too much for the hood yeah exactly (laughs) that's why he went to bel-air so i think that you know just him having his patience and like making the right choice and not being you know he gets mad and he Mm -hmm. yells but it's 
I think there's a place for that too, you know, where it's out of love. Yeah. It's never it, passion. Yeah. It's passion. It's not uh, unbridled anger. It's always coming from a place of like, I know you can do better. Will. you're so like, you have so much potential. That's, that's how I see uncle Phil for sure. I agree. So, yeah. So I think that for him and then for coach Taylor, I would probably say his, um, his ability to balance his work life and his personal life and his, you know, passions of what he wants to do and what he's, he enjoys doing. Uh, it's not easy to, you know, do all those things. And, and he finds a way to still prioritize his partner, still prioritize his kid. And, and he does a really good job about, he makes mistakes obviously throughout the, the seasons, but finding a way to make sure that all of the important things in your life are still a part of your life and not having to fully sacrifice anything for something else. I think he, he does a great job balancing all of that. And I would hope to be able to do that too. Hmm. Yeah. I love that. Um, for Tim, the tool man, it's just like one, like I, I think the number one thing is that he was not afraid of embarrassing himself trying to do his best to be a dad, right? Like he was so willing to embarrass himself just to try. And I think that's like so huge is like humbling yourself, especially when you're learning to be a parent. Like that's, that's the hardest job on the planet to do right. And I think as long as you're willing to be wrong and admit it and just try your best, then you're doing a great job. And I think he embodies that complete, completely in a very silly way. <laughs> and that's, a, that's good. I love, I love that piece. I mean, I've, you know, full transparency. I, I never saw that. I, I didn't, I didn't have, unfortunately the, the, the luxury of, of watching that growing up, but, I think that that speaks to something that's that's very powerful because I think in this world and like all the time, like people are too afraid to take that first step. You always hear it, right? Just got to take a leap. Just got to take a leap of faith. And 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 you could be wrong and you could fall on your face. You could embarrass yourself. You could humiliate yourself. But but if you never tried, right, then like what's what's the point? And the fact that, you know, from what you're saying that, you know, Tim Allen's character just keeps keeps going. You know, he's unapolog- unapologetically himself. It seems like he's always trying to do the, the good thing. And as long as you're trying, um, that's all anyone can ask for, right? Is your best. It's your best, not not whatever. Your very best. Your very best. Exactly. Oh, another another good dad. <laughs> that's a good moment. Um, David, do you wanna do you wanna do your two? No, no, I did mine too. So it's it's you. It's you, Drew. You're you're your next guy. Okay. Oh, he, I, he I was talking about your, your uh... answer your own question. Oh, my two, got it. Um, man, that's good. Shoot, I was so I was so encapsulated <laughs> by you guys. I didn't even take time to think about mine. Dude, off the top, dude, just gotta. Um, I feel with with uh, Russell Crowe's character in Gladiator. I think I think the key there is that he 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 gave up. He completely gave in, you know, he gave into the circumstances. He, he tried to, 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 to let go. 
you know, I mean, he was, he was picked up <laughs> by, by, by a slave caravan. Right. And he wanted nothing of it, but then he found a way to dig himself out of that, you know, and, and, and granted it is vengeance, right. Which again, to an extent you, you, you can only argue so much for it, but I also appreciated that he, he's like, well, if I'm, if I can't die, then I might as well make the most of this life. So I'm going to bring everyone who wronged me and my family down with me. And, um, and the way he did it was very methodical. I love that too. I mean, he found ways to really, you know, need into them for there, but, right. um, and, and he still found a way to inspire even when he didn't even realize it, but he was inspiring all the other slaves, um, you know, slave gladiators. Um, but again, I think not as, not as strong as, 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 as your guys' examples from, from a dad's perspective. And then, um, I think coach Taylor is, is, is the perfect example for, yeah. Coach Herman boom that Denzel Washington played and, and coach Carter. I mean, again, it, it's still, it's the duality of, of one, never giving up on your players, no matter how many times they make mistakes. Like they, he, they're both characters did not give up on their players, but they also found a way and, you know, to a lesser degree on screen, they, they were able to try their best in, in the household as well. You know, and I think that's something that was very commanding and honestly for me too it inspired me like i i sometimes i would watch these movies and i'd be like dang i i hope i have a wife like that especially coach taylor's wife mm-hmm. i mean to think Miss oh taylor God. is og top notch dude mm-hmm. she's the best yes yes exactly tammy right tammy right that's her yep tammy yeah um just just i was like man i i need me a tammy one day you know <laughs> <laughs> So it's not just about the dads. It's about it's about the future moms. You know, that's the thing. The other thing that kind of inspired me from these from these movies. Okay, she's a, yo Miss Taylor's a low key dad too. She's a counselor in the later seasons, and she's like having yeah. guiding people in their life. Yeah, yeah, that's super good. Exactly. On our honorable mentions. Um, so my next one, which is probably pretty close to the top probably like my number my my number two um if i was putting it in an order is uh is robin williams in hook i don't know if you guys have seen it it's uh it's a spin on the peter pan story and his character is peter panning um or so he thinks that's his name basically he left uh neverland he went to the real world wendy was too old um, at that point, she had grown up and she was uh, an adult. But uh, Wendy, in her free time, basically created this, uh, how do you say it? Like, not foster home, but like... She orphanage? Orphanage? She found, yeah, orphanage. That's what it is. Um, she, found, she found homes for all these people. And one of the, the girls that grew up in the orphanage... Peter fell in love with and then he got married and then he had kids with them and he forgot who he was. He forgot about Neverland. He forgot that he was Peter Pan. He forgot all this stuff. Then he goes to visit um, Wendy and Hook kidnaps his kids. So then he has to go back to Neverland to save them. That's basically the premise of the movie. And him going back is kind of this whole process of like, I don't believe this is happening. I don't believe I'm Peter Pan. And then these kids have to convince him that like, this is all real and all this stuff in this ridiculous way. It's amazing. Really, really good movie, like very little 
uh, special effects. It's all like practical stuff, which is my favorite. And the reason why I like it so much is he, the, the movie sets him up as this like kind of callous businessman and he misses, he's always late to his, his, uh, his young boys baseball games his names, Jack. And like, Jack has this kind of just uh, obstinance because he just doesn't like that his dad is always late and doesn't, he feels like he doesn't care about him. So this is like kind of like a, a love story to, to talk about like hit him and his kids relationship getting better. And yes, he discovers he's Peter Pan and he believes. And then he, he uh, learns to fly. He learns to crow. He learns to fight. Um, that's like the whole thing. And by the end of the movie, like he's impressing his kids. He's Peter Pan. Like they've read stories about him. My dad's Peter Pan. And uh, he saves them and fights Captain Hook and uh, wins the day. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, but I think it's another one of those stories of like dads going to insane lengths to like save their kids or show their love for their kids. Um and I love that. And his daughter like never gives up on him, which is another cool part of the story. And it's just, it's so great. But um, one fun fact that I love about this movie is at the end, he has to uh, pass on the torch of being like the Peter Pan figure um, or the, the leader of the lost boys basically. And the way he does that is he has Peter Pan's sword and he hands it down. And there's these like five or six, um lost boys all lined up and he has a sword and he's looking at all of them and he's he's kind of like putting the sword uh handle in their face and they're all like looking at it in awe and they're like who's gonna get it who's gonna get it and he gives it to this this kid whose character's name is Thudbutt, and he's this fat kid <laughs> um who is just so jolly he's always smiling they have a really good moment earlier in the movie and he gives them the sword. Well, backstory on that, the, they didn't tell any of the kids who was getting the sword. So when he gets the sword, his look of like shock and amazement and stoke is like real. And it's like such a good moment of like just passing on the torch and just kind of like, un again, like all these lost boys are like his kids, basically. They're, they're his brothers. They're his kids. They're like, family so it was just such a cool moment um obviously between his like actual blood kids like super super cool moments but um that's one moment that really sticks out to me and one thing that i would i would want to to take away from that character answering your question um going forward is his willingness towards the end of the movie to um like again admit when he's wrong like try to do his best improve like and be that like because in, in the movie he he just like he snaps at his kids he's like i'm on a business call like can't you just leave me alone and all this stuff and it's like if i can be there for my kids and never be that dad where i'm like telling them to shut up and go away like i'm doing I'm, you couldn't even understand how important what i what I'm doing is like, I don't want to be that dad. I want to be 
the dad that drops everything to hang out with his kids because nothing more in life is more important. I, in my humble opinion, <laughs> than uh, your spawn, your kids. I want to watch it. It's so, <laughs> it's so good. I've yeah. watched it. I want to watch it. Probably more times than I've watched any other movie. I have it on VHS. <laughs> Man, I know. Oh, VHS is, those are awesome. And Robin Williams. Robin Williams, dude. Just any serious 90s role. 90s Robin Williams. Oh, so good. So good. Yeah. He, he has a lot of honorable mentions on my list from all kinds of characters. Yeah, I, I thought you were going to go with Good Will Hunting there when you, when you said Robin that. That's I, up there. It's yeah, that slipped into my mind when I was thinking about it. Yeah, that as a, a good segue into my next uh, my next person. You're talking about him going, you know, long lengths for his his kids, and my next guy is uh, Pursuit of Happiness. Chris oh. Gar- Chris Gardner. Dang, he's just like I think that was the first dad that. I got to see like, like a real struggle with, you know, like I was too young to understand like my own family's like, you know, trials, but when I had like first seen that. So I think that just seeing just the unrelentless like effort that he puts into never giving up and providing for his son and and challenging himself in every way possible. It's like, you just, like you honestly, you it's like unattainable. <laughs> you know, it's like the bar by him is set so high in that movie that, you know, you almost got to like, I, I want to like double check myself or it's like, maybe it's not healthy to expect that of yourself. <laughs> you know, like that's so, it's so extreme and it's so, it's so much, but it just shows you like what is capable when you have that mindset and like being a dad and like going out of your way for your kids. I think that's totally like something I think about a lot. And I, I mention when I talk about this kind of stuff to other people, I'm like, but we're not parents yet. Like whenever I've talked to a parent, like, a parent I admire, especially it's always like, there's no length that I wouldn't go. Like realistically, like there's no, nothing on this earth that I care about more than my wife and kids, my husband and kids, like my mom, maybe like things like that. But like, once you have a kid, I feel like things just change. Like your priorities shift, like other things kind of aren't as important. And I feel like that that happens a lot in our lives. Like when you get a girlfriend, when you get a fiance, when you're getting married. <laughs> that's a yeah. that's a good one. Ah, that's so good. I, I, before I before I share my like third or technically fourth option at this point, I, I kind of want to just pick up on what what kind of Drew said there. It's I'm not, I'm not trying to open up a can of worms here, and, and maybe we can pick <laughs> this up again. Uh, thing. <laughs> <laughs> I can have you on again, dude. I already said, dude. That's that's You're true. Invited. I I've noticed something about myself again. Like to your point, Drew. Like we're, I'm not even, you know, I'm not even a, you know, a father yet. But just with, you know, recently, I I 
I, I met someone, you know, that's, that's my partner. And I, I really see a lot of potential with us, but um, you mentioned, right. Like, you know, you, when you become, you become a dad or, or even, you know, a mom and, you know, nothing in the world becomes more important than the kids and your spouse. Um, and I know you mentioned like maybe your mom, but I think for me, I've started to notice a shift where, again, obviously, I always, 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 always will prioritize my parents as much as possible. But there is sort of this transition period I'm, I'm, I'm noticing where I'm really looking forward, you know, I'm looking to the future. Um, not to say that my parents are not there with me, right? But I think a lot of my parents' impact was on my past, you know, in my childhood. Mm-hmm. So I'm, if anything, starting to feel like I'm prioritizing my partner, you know, it sounds so bad to say out loud, but just like prioritizing my partner over my mom and my dad, just because I think my partner is my future. You know, my partner is who I'm going to make this nuclear family with. And especially You're I think, investing. yeah, yeah. And like, even like, as like a, you know, as a man of the household, it's like, at some point it's, it's my responsibility that this is my household. Right. And I'm going to protect it. And because it's mine, you know, it's my territory and, and there's no one in this world that, can protect it to the level that I, I have, you know? And, and so there's, yeah, it's just weird. It's like, there's this shift where it's like, yeah, it's like, it's always been me and my parents, especially because I have no siblings, but now I'm like, I'm feeling that. And it's, it's, it's trippy. So I don't know. You, you mentioned that old mom thing that kind of, that kind of like gave me a little loop Drew. but yeah, John, I don't know if you have some thoughts. I want to add to that. Yeah. I, I think that one, it's totally normal to have that, like, sense of separation from your parents Mm. especially in a a new exciting relationship that you know has so much you know to look forward to but one thing I I also went through that uh experience uh with my partner and I, I gotta say what's even more satisfying is like reaching the point where you have that comfortability and security with your partner and they're encouraging you and pushing you to redevelop those relationships Mm. with your parents. And Mm. in the last few years, I have never felt more comfortable and close and had better relationships with, you know, my parents and my siblings. And a lot of that is attributed to my partner and, you know, how important it is for her to have a, you know, a strong side of my family and I encourage her to have a strong side on her family and, you know, our family's blending together. It's like, that's goals. It's, it's normal. That's what I'm saying. It's normal, but you know, it doesn't have to be forever. You don't, you're not like saying goodbye to your parents. <laughs> like, yeah, you're, you're still going to have an opportunity to like develop, but invest where, where it's most fruitful, you know? Damn, man. That sounds like a great partner there. You better put a ring on that. <laughs> Trump another he's, one. Yeah, he's trying to put another <laughs> one on there, dude. Oh, man, that's good. Um, all right, so my next one, um, even though he didn't have as much screen time, I felt like that the, the time that he was in, in the movie uh, was was uh, very influential to me, was Man of Steel, Kevin Costner, who plays Clark Kent's farmer dad, Jonathan Kent. Kent. So good. Um, I think there's like, a, a, there's, there's a couple of scenes, but there's the one scene where, you know, he, he didn't fight back and he kind of bent the, 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 the fence when, when the bullies were bullying him and, and then his, his dad came over to him and, and talked to him and, you know, Clark, Clark was like, I really wanted to hit them. And Jonathan's like, you know, like, 
and what would have happened, you know, just kind of walking him through the, the consequences. And I think that's so huge because I think it's true, you know, like it's, I think his dad was kind of protecting him, you know, and, and, and kind of just keep reminding him, like, you have a greater responsibility to this world. And again, not expecting that my, you know, my kid is not going to be Superman. I'm not, (laughs) never know, never know. (laughs) (laughs) But, but just still like that kind of impact. And again, like this, you know, Jonathan Kent for all, for all his word, like he didn't ask for this, you know, it's, you know, and then the story, right. Um, Superman, you know, crash landed in his farmland and he, he brought him in and he, he had no choice um, but to raise him. But I think the, like, the other part that will always get to me is that that final part where before, uh, at least in the Man of Steel series, he dies right with the tornado. And spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. With the you tornado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know, I know. And, uh, you know, Clark, uh, Jonathan Kent gets stuck, right? In the, yeah. in the door wherever he gets his foot gets jammed and he puts his hand out i know it's a podcast but he puts his hand out in this in this way to kind of tell superman to just don't don't come save him because if he saves him then the whole world's gonna know and who he is yeah superman and so and and, and jonathan kent knew that there's the right time you know he wasn't ready yet to be stepping the limelight and so you know jonathan kent sacrificed himself for his boy and and that's just like so crazy and it's it's to the point that drew's saying right there's nothing that a parent wouldn't do you know for for your for your offspring so but yeah that's a it's a dad in my in my books dude i think jonathan kent spoiler alert jonathan kent is one of my top from smallville i'm going to talk about it later so i'm not going to talk about it too much but i think jonathan kent is one of like just the way Jump he's <laughs> do, just doing right, just now. doing right now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so first, I think Jonathan Kent as a character, regardless of who plays him or yeah, or who's right, like to be put in that position where you're you're in like the boon boondocks, like in the middle of America, like you have your farm, tons of land, and like you're just kind of self-sustained you live in a small ville (laughs) um like and then an alien that looks human drops into your into your lap and you have to raise him like you have to be of such good moral character and i think that that's reflected in like superman's really amazing moral character you know he has such good moral fiber he I mean, if you want to go into like injustice and all the other like deeper Superman stuff, like, yeah, he turns into a bad guy. But like generally, like the idea of Superman is like he's uh, his his saying is truth, justice in the American way. Like he's like as good as it gets. Like that's just how he's written. And Jonathan Kent. As a as a dad figure. Just totally shows what it means to like give tough love like i don't know if either of you watched you've watched all of it right john i've seen bit. parts i haven't seen like all of it have you watched it i've seen bits and pieces i i watched it because of uh lana okay. Kristen Krug. oh she's so beautiful, <laughs> so beautiful. but um just to give you a little lowdown on it it's based on superman growing up in high school and then in the 
into college and as a, as an adult. And, uh, I think that the guy who plays him, whose name is John, (laughs) John, Oh, technical difficulties. Um, Jonathan Kent. What? I'm curious if they can even hear that. I don't yeah. know if you can hear it on the. It was loud. It's internal. You, you, yeah, you can't hear it. Just you, but you just went mute. You went mute for a hot second. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay so there was an alarm that went off. Okay, yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay. So, <laughs> my my point is uh, that actor Kevin Costner who played him so good, like the tough love when you have to be an authoritative role a superhuman who's got like insane (laughs) amounts of strength and speed and heat vision and stuff and you have to be like a dad that hey hey (laughs) don't do that like what like you have to really command respect and like and like not from a like i'm in charge and i'm bigger than you kind of way but like from a I love you and I want what's best for you and you need to trust me. And I think that's, that, that would be my one thing, right. Is just, I don't want to be the, the dad that's like intimidating because he's big or because he's scary or because he talks loud. I want to be the dad that's like soft spoken and like shows you right from wrong by example. And by um, like, just trust, like building that trust with your kids, I think is so huge. But um, I'm looking at my notes. Um, yeah, tough love. Just really showing right from wrong. There's this one scene that like I watched, and I was like, "That's got to be like one of the biggest pivotal moments in the show for Jonathan Kenton and Clark Kent." Is Clark has Lana over? Um, he just turned 18 and he gave up his powers. Um, to, uh, longer story. I'm not going to go into that, but he doesn't have his powers and he has her over and she spends the night. And I think his parents were supposed to be out of town and they got back early that morning. And so they're trying to sneak out and they come around the corner and Clark's parents are in the, in the kitchen and Clark's mom, Martha, sees them in, like, just shocked face. Jonathan Kent turns around, looks at them, and he's like, oh, no. Like, And then um, Lana says, before you say anything, something, something, something. Like, we made this decision together. And, like, if you're mad at him, you have to be mad at both of us. And Jonathan's just like, this is so much bigger than than just what has to do with you, Lana. So if you don't mind, like, I need to talk to my son. And she gets the clue and she walks out. And he doesn't, like, he's not this, like, yelling at him. He's not this, like, crazy thing. It's just, this is my house, my rules. Like, you need to respect me, basically. And it's not, like, obviously, like, that character is like Midwest, middle America, religious, like that kind of deal. But it's not just that. It's like a respect thing. 
right? You're at your parents' home and you had somebody over without permission and like didn't even talk to your parents and you're 18. And Clark tries to defend himself or whatever. And Martha tries to kind of like stand up for him, but she's also like, this is not right. And later I found out that that scene was written very differently. Basically, Jonathan Kent was supposed to say something along the lines of like, were you at least safe? And Jonathan, uh, John Snyder, the actor was like, that is not what, what Jonathan Kent would say. Like, that's not who he is. I'm not going to say that he needs to stand his ground and like stand up for the, the respect of the situation. And they rewrote it and it ended up being the director's favorite scene in all of Smallville is what they said, because it was so powerful to like, and pivotal for Jonathan Kent and Clark to have that moment, especially when he's like coming of age, he's turning 18. He ends up moving out uh, a little bit after that because of this whole situation and not out of like spite, but like out of like, I'm an adult. I need to like not live at my parents' house. It's just, it was a cool moment. I really liked it. And then finding out that fact made it even like more powerful. It's like an actor willing to like stand up for their character, like take ownership. I just love that. But love Jonathan Kent as a character. Anybody that's played him, like done pretty good. Cool character. That's my number one. Ah, that's why you were saving it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have like a whole paragraph. Yeah. I, I still pared it down and that was a lot. But yeah. All right, I'm next. I'm going to... I'm going to actually squish my next two together because the more I think about it, the more I think they're the same character. Oh. Um, my first is going to be Liam Neeson from Taken because he's a savage and just the idea of like protecting your kids and like th- that, you know, obviously takes it to an extreme. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think the essence of it is is in the right place where he's like, I refuse to negotiate like, with terrorists. Yeah, I refuse to like let this happen to to my kid. Like, not gonna happen. And that's just he's just savage. Whew. So good. And two, going along with like you know the traveling and retrieving your your child is Marlin from Finding Nemo. Oh, <laughs> so good. I feel like just you know. <laughs> You know, they're <laughs> Liam Neeson and Taken and Marlon from Finding Nemo. They're basically the same character. One's Disney version, one's not. But, um, <laughs> yeah, Marlon just, like, he puts himself in an uncomfortable situation. He puts himself out of his comfort zone and, you know, goes on this crazy, wild adventure to, like, find Nemo. And it's just, like, the type of thing you would only do for someone that important. You know, like there's, there's not a lot of people, I think that would do something that crazy and that stupid and that like wild for their own wants. Mm. You know, it, it would have to be like a need to like find something deeper. Same with you know Liam Neeson; he wouldn't just go on this like crazy tirade without having that like need. So, kind of loop both of them together. That's kind of that. I guess what I would take away from that is like 
just that like that extra mile and like knowing that like you're gonna be out of your comfort zone being a parent Mm. and that's a big part of being a dad is like not being right and having to do things that you're not used to Mm. and you know things maybe you don't want to do or you're trying not to do anymore but you've got to do that for your kids yeah I think for me, I, I'll just um, bring back bringing back kind of the looping thing. But it's like my last two, I'll say, are, are both military related. Um, one, I just recently resaw on my flight back from New York. I binged Band of Brothers, which is the HBO series. Um, but the main character from Band of Brothers, Damian Lewis, who may some may know more from Billions, the show. He's, he's the redhead. Um, but again, he plays he plays kind of the sergeant or the, the kind of the platoon leader of 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 um easy company which was part of the 101st airborne based on a true story the the actual um one of the most famous uh i guess military companies um in u.s military history him and then the other one is um josh hartnett's role or character in black hawk down very similar where they're both kind of tasked with just basically leading a group of soldiers throughout a you know in black hawk down a, a you know, the Battle of Mogadishu and the Band of Brothers, like through all of World War II um, from Normandy onward. But I think I think what makes makes them both stand out to me is the fact that, I mean, obviously you're dealing with the life and death and your responsibility is to lead these men. And you obviously want to be a good role model, just like all these other dads that we've mentioned. But there's also this this level of there's a lot of things that are out of your control. And this is life and death and you're going to lose men and you're going to lose good men and they're going to die. And you can do everything right to protect them, to set them up for success. But you step on a landmine done, right? Mm. Peep your head out the corner, sniper shot done. Right. And these are like good guys. And, and uh, I always, I always imagine that if I ever had gone down like a military path, like those were the two kind of, for me, like my North stars, like I would have wanted to be, you know, some sort of leader like that, where obviously gained the respect of my men, but also making sure that like my focus was on just bringing back as many men as possible, you know, and making sure as many of them lived to fight another day or, or really to come home. Um, but that always really jumped out at me. And I think kind of the connection to being maybe a future dad one day is, again, it's obviously fortunately not life and death, or who knows, maybe, maybe it could be, but um more importantly, it's just your, your kids are going to go out into this world and a lot of things, a lot of variables are out of your control, right? The moment they step out of that house, they get on that, they get on that yellow school bus, they go to school. You have no idea what's going on there and nor should you really try to control that, but you make the most of your time and, and, and um, the time that you have with them, but ultimately you can only just do your best and, and you hope that, the your actions and and the things that you on a daily basis make an impact and hopefully they watch you enough right to Mm. pick up on that but ultimately you know you cannot that kid at that kid or kids you know they have their own lives to live right they have their own exposure so i think that's going to be probably one of the toughest things is is not trying to be a micromanaging parent Mm. i think in a lot of ways i i could be set up to do so but hopefully knowing it now uh, will prevent me from, from, from trying to become that. 
The tables have turned. <sighs> Remember when you were younger and you were like, just let me live my life. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're like, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> it's yeah, that, that's, I like that a lot. I think, you know, that's the, that's the, that's the like symbolic end of being a dad. Not that it ends when your parent, when your kids, you know, like leave and they don't have that like home anymore and they, you know, they, they step away and they start having their, their freedom and their independence. Like, obviously it doesn't end there. You continue, you know, being their, their dad after that, but there's like a, a symbolic death of like being a dad when that happens is you, you no longer have that control. You no longer have that, you know, influence in that, in their life. And, Mm. yeah that's it's hard not to hold on to yeah honorable mention goofy from extremely goofy movie that's like a good example of like him not being able to let go yeah follows him to college and like takes classes and like totally and igniting max's love for his dad but also like towards the end of the movie like goofy ends up starting his own life and max is like wait without me but like in a good way but that's super like introspective Mm -hmm. like good point i love that um me next uh this one can be a little bit shorter uh because jonathan can't went on for a little bit (laughs) uh but also it's my podcast so who cares um uncle ben from spider-man that's Oh, Spider-Man's got to be one of my favorite characters of all time written. I think St- Stanley said it um, really well when he, he described the difference between Marvel and other comic books companies is that his effort was to make his characters as human and relatable as possible. I think that's one of the, the failings of, of early comic books um, with like, uh, a lot of the DC uh, characters like Wonder Woman's an Amazonian from like, and is like related to Greek gods and stuff. Like, how can you relate to that? And like uh, Superman's an alien from another planet and John Jones is another alien from another planet. And then there's the Green Lantern who's like bestowed like some of the gnarliest powers from aliens and the flash has like inhuman speed and is like all these things like it's not unbelievably relatable whereas like iron man alcoholic in the comics and like totally struggled with it and that was like one of his main character points spider-man like is a struggling photographer and not good with ladies and is a nerd and like he's also one of the coolest, most prolific heroes of all time. Um, of course, you have people like Thor, who's like an actual Norse god. But like in the comics, like a lot of the other characters were much more, more relatable. Hulk, like yeah, he's a super like um, smart scientist and all this, but like he struggles with relationships because of this. He he can't love anybody like all this stuff. I think Marvel does such a good job that all to say um, uncle Ben's advice to Spider-Man is like, 
so human. Like he wasn't even, he didn't know that Peter was Spider-Man. He was just giving him very human advice. Like with great power comes great responsibility. You need to, if you're put in a position where you have whatever power or an advantage or whatever, you need to use it responsibly. You can't just blow it. I think that relates to a lot of things in life. Um, but yeah, I love Uncle Ben. I love the Tobey Maguire uh, Uncle Ben. I think that Uncle Ben was yeah. just... That hit so hard watching him die. That guy was also so old. So like when he was laying there, he looked like he was going to freaking die. Like he he was so old, but... He's got to be one of the one of the top, like impact for screen time characters. Definitely. And like going into Spider Man, you kind of already know mm-hmm. Uncle Ben, and you know his character. Assuming you like read comics, you are familiar with comics. But like, he can't be on the screen for more than like two minutes in that movie, no. and he's got one of like such a strong impact in those two minutes. And they they even incorporate them into the the movies later mm. with just like even flashbacks or mention of that famous line. So so good. Hey man, that's uh, that's now making me think of Mufasa from Simba. Yo, like, I thought about Mufasa. He almost he was one of my honorable mentions. I, I cannot oh, I cannot believe I let that. Yeah, I let the but like yeah, the moment you mentioned like, Uncle Ben dying, like yeah, Mufasa, same thing. Again, every and everything you mentioned about Uncle Ben, like I feel very equally for me about Simba's dad, Mufasa from Lion King. So I'll just leave it at that. Also, like Uncle Ben, another uncle, like mm-hmm. like Uncle Phil. It's not like, just dads being dads. Anybody being dads. And Aunt May is a freaking dad. Aunt May. She ends up dad. doing all of it. Oh, so good. But I love... I mean, me personally, I I had family totally step up and fill that role sometimes. Like, my grandfather totally filled that, like, classic tough love. Like, I'm going to give it to you straight. I'm not going to blow smoke up your butt and totally tell you everything's fine when I think that you could be doing better. And I think that's, like, that's a huge dad trait. And I think that's what Uncle Phil did really well. I think that's what, like, Uncle Ben was saying with that kind of advice is just, like, I know you're so you're so good. And you have so much potential. Don't waste it. Um, and kind of throwing back to you saying your friendship with John, that's totally, like, John's relationship with me, too, when we were living together was just, like, you would give it to me straight, like, Sometimes I'd be, I'd come to John and I'd like complain about something and he would just give me the most honest like <laughs> opinion and just be like, nah, I think you're, I think you're wrong. <laughs> and I would be like, bro, what? <laughs> come on. You're my friend. Like blow some smoke up my butt. <laughs> like gas me up. Uh, but it's Remember like your friend it was all your dad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, I, I, I love you for that. Yeah. I was gonna. I was gonna say. I mean, not 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 to kind of turn this into uh, a, 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 any kind of negative podcast, but I am curious because I don't have an answer to this. But I guess is there is there a dad 
that you've seen in a movie or TV show that you were like, I do not want to be that. Or Ooh, Norman like that. Osborn from Spider-Man. <laughs> Knew you were going to say that. And Okay. That's <laughs> an easy one. William yeah. Dafoe in that is like so freaky evil. God, his character is yeah. so good. And he's such a good actor. And then when he comes back in the most recent Spider-Man, he was yeah. even worse. Yeah. He was worse. Oh. <laughs> Uh, I'd have to let me. I have to let, think. Harder, yeah, can yeah. we sit on that and answer it at yeah. the end? Yeah, I mean, I can. I, I what? I, I have one now that I just popped in my head. Wow, you guys can can think about this. But for me, the Friday Night Lights movie, the movie one. Can, oh, dude, don't, get that out of here, dude. <laughs> oh my the god. Mo- no, I'm just like, right. but the the drunk dad who's played by uh the, the the country singer guy. What's his name? Tim. Right? Am I am I, am I tripping? I'm trying to. The oh, Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw, thank you. Yes. Tim, Tim McGraw, McGraw plays dude. <laughs> the <laughs> fact that Tim McGraw is an actor too blows my mind. I know. But yeah, the Tim McGraw plays an alcoholic dad uh for this other for, for one of the players on the team and he's just he's just god awful, right? If I recall, like he's just he's just he's just extremely abusive. And um, he won a ring when when he was I guess playing playing ball in high, in that Texas high school. So, but yeah, that for me was like the one that stood out. Like I never want to be that. Unfortunately, I, I have a good chance of not being that because I can't even drink alcohol anyway. So it's not like <laughs> I could be an alcoholic even if I wanted to. <laughs> or it's easier. Or it's easier. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I got a. I got another. Uh, honorable mention or two in me oh yeah because you doubled up yeah i don't i doubled up i i think this i don't think it necessarily has as much personal impact on me which is why he didn't make my list but glorified potential number one tv dad oh whoa okay big statement i'm listening danny tanner from full house oh he is I would say probably the most well-known TV dad. Is he America's dad? He's like America's dad, dude. Full House. That's Bob Saget, right? Bob Saget, yeah. Okay. Rip. Yeah, Rip. Bob Saget. Bob Saget. He just. He is like the quintessential dad of like America in that show, and I grew up watching Full House with my family all the time, and. He, he's just, he's just tried and true. He's just always doing the right thing. You know, he's making the right decision. He's a kid, he's got a big house. But like, I just feel like he, he had to be mentioned as like a, a TV dad because he's like top, top, top tier TV dad. You know, what's funny. N- not hating on Bob Saget at all. Cause he's hilarious and pro- prolific, uh, comedian but apparently on on set during the, those uh tapings he was so foul off screen because he he does like really gross humor like really nasty stuff like talks about i remember the first time i saw his comedy <laughs> after him yeah. being the full house dad and i was like oh my god because i had saw, <laughs> i had saw him on the original afv america's funniest Home oh videos, yes and saw him on on uh full house so you think he's like this dorky, like innocent dude, and then you hear some of his comedy, and you're like, 
oh my gosh and apparently he would kind of dip into that on set with like even the Olsen girls around and stuff so just uh, not throwing trash because he's hilarious I'm sure he made a bunch of them laugh but kind of interesting like he's it just it's a testament to how good of an actor he was really to be that to be that like he that was so convincing like, yeah. everybody would believe that if you never had had heard his his comedy you would never have thought that it's crazy yeah for me i think uh with while full house was right i didn't get i didn't get as many opportunities to watch full house but i saw a couple episodes of family matters with Steve Andrew, Col- you're not watching these classic white family shows yeah. what, what's up man <laughs> i'm watching all the black families man but yeah family matters with the hey, steve family Col- matters is good dude but yeah, the dad there, I remember also, I think, wasn't he a, a cop in that in, in the show? But yeah, Carl Winslow was, was the name of the, the character of the dad. But yeah, that one always was, was funny because obviously mainly Urkel being so such a such a nerd. Was he a cop or is that the same actor that played a cop in Die Hard? No, no, no. You're thinking of Donald Glover, right? No, no, not Donald Glover. I know Donald Glover. I Wait. don't know that actor that well. Yeah, his, his name's... I'm looking up right. His Reginald Vell Johnson. He's, Was he in Die Hard? No, no, no. He, no, the Die Hard guy is... Um, I'm pretty sure it's not him. I mean, he's... It says... Bruce Willis. Oh, it is. You're right. <laughs> it is you're him. right. It is. It okay, is, yeah. It, and he was a cop in that. Okay. Die Hard and Die Hard 2. I'm he's not... Play PD Sergeant Al Powell. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know that actor that well, so I... I'd... Yeah, there you go. <laughs> he's he's best known for playing police officer characters such as Carl Winslow in okay. Family Matters and LAPD Sergeant Al Powell in Die Hard. Die there Hard. you go. So, so, so it wasn't <laughs> Professor Snape, <laughs> <laughs> who was the bad guy in Die Hard. Alan you know, it's funny actually. Now that no, you just remind me, John. I'm curious. I'm curious why you never picked Dumbledore. Dude, that's a great one. He never even crossed my mind. I'm sure. Yeah. I would. I would not choose Dumbledore from Harry Potter, though. I would choose Mr. Weasley. Yeah, I knew it. Who is that again? Remind me. I don't even know. Ron's dad. dad. Like the Weasley. Oh, yes. Right. Right. Mr. They they took him in. He, yeah, he is. Not even him. He's got hell of his own kids. I know. And he works like. At the Ministry of Magic, you know, doing grunt work. You know, he's like busting ass, always working hard, always trying to provide for his family. Like that's that's who I would choose. Dumbledore, got it. Sits in a, up in his office. You know, and he's one of my favorite characters. But as a dad, I wouldn't. He's a coach. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put he's him in teacher. that. Yeah, gotcha. fair, fair. My last one, right? That's this is me. I mean. Right? Yeah, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. If you if you're going last, let me throw another. Well, it's not. Well, it's not my. Oh, yeah, I yeah, have yeah. a lot of honorable. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, cool, cool. This is just my last official one. This is my fifth one. Um, is Feeny from Boy Meets World? Uh, I don't know if you watch that. Super good. Corey Matthews is the main character. Yeah. He's like the only guy I can remember from Boy Meets World, though. I don't remember the dad. Drake. Drake. Oh. Drake was in Boy Meets World, right? Or is that the other one? Who? Drake. Wasn't Drake in one of those? No, that's Degrassi. Degrassi. That's way out. Thank you. Thank you. Boy Meets World is way older than that. Yeah, Corey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds right. Yep. So, uh, Mr. Feeney was uh, a teacher, and he was just so 
well-spoken. He, he has to be one of the most well-written, well-spoken characters in all of TV history. He's got so many gold nuggets of wisdom said in that TV show. Like that's pretty much his whole entire character. And he's also Corey Matthews, the main character's neighbor. So mm-hmm. Corey Matthews is this just kid that's like always stirring up trouble with his brothers and his friends and like always just kind of harassing teachers and whatever. And like Mr. Feeney's always like so loving with his um, advice and so graceful with Corey and like one of my goals like going forward I've, I've kind of um, thought about a lot recently is and why I kind of wanted to start podcasting again is I want to be better at speaking I want to be more um, eloquent I want to be more well-spoken because I think that's something that's like super valuable being able to communicate um like intentionally with your words yes yeah and also as a parent like that's super important being able to pass on that wisdom to your kid in a way that makes sense and is direct and concise um yeah that's that's a huge goal of mine so that's the one thing i would pick from feeney um i think i i had a quote from him yeah uh he said it best to one of the boys. I don't know which one it was, but he said, um, you don't need to be blood to be family. And I was like, that's this podcast, like to a T everybody that I've had on this podcast so far and probably just going forward, because that's just the nature of this podcast. Like this family. Um, yeah, I've, I love it. I love Feeney from boy meets world. I'll probably rewatch that whole series. <laughs> I cannot picture his face. He's I didn't watch a ton of more. White, white hair and has a white mustache. And he's kind of shorter and just, he looks old. <laughs> so, so good. David, what are your, uh, what were your backups? What are your honorable mentions? I want to hear them. Man, it's kind of embarrassing, man. I, 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 I didn't realize how literally we're taking the word dad in these <laughs> i was just i was picking basically people no. who felt like oh they're my dads you know what no, I mean? no 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 that's totally, oh yeah, yeah. That's, that, it just happens those are the types of characters that i mean i picked yeah. uncle ben feeney but and... these are these are dads dude these are very father figure like these are like good fathers so like for me as an example i picked uh top gun tom cruise he's oh, a dad. that's a good uh, one italian job mark Wahlberg. Um, jason Bourne, matt damon the witcher henry cavill oh, that's Wick. on my that's on my list of uh okay he's a dad yeah yeah he is a dad yeah but he's also like that <laughs> yeah and then uh, my last three were like john wicks keanu reeves and reeds michael b jordan and batman's christian bale Ooh. Just like I feel like I looked at it like these are people that I would want to be. Like you I would want to be, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. The, David, the ideal dad. No, you, you got it. That's how this all started. Like, got that's it. that's how all of that's literally how me and Nick created this. Was like we were sitting down watching movies at my place, and we were like Liam Neeson watching Taken. Liam Neeson is my dad. Like that's fucking sick. Yeah, 
use my language. I was, mm-hmm. I've been trying not to curse on the <laughs> podcast, but like that's how it all started. James Dean is my dad. Like, just oh, I I love it. No, you did. You you totally nailed it. I, I it doesn't even matter that they're not like real dads. But you had Jonathan Kent, so you get bonus points because <laughs> I had Jonathan Kent. Yeah. Yeah. I bought a I bought another <laughs> oh he's got a fat one. Go for it. I got I got one. George Lopez. George Lopez. That's mm-hmm. good. No, I have nothing to say about why he's a good dad. Oh dude. <laughs> but he, I used to watch a Lopez show. I just remember watching him growing up and like it was just hilarious. He's hilarious. The he, show is hilarious. And he still is a good dad. He really is. Through all of the, the funniness. I think he's one of those dads that, like, <laughs> he's not well-spoken. He doesn't do it perfect, but he cares. Mm. You can tell, like, when he, his kids are about to do something wrong, he's like, no, why would you do that? Like, come on. Like, he's just always... Uh... Yeah, no, I... I'm I'm surprised that didn't come to mind. I watched the George Lopez show so much as a kid, all the time, because it it just had like it was always so, on it was TV, always on. There's so many, <laughs> always episodes. on TV, and it was like for six hours straight. I know, it was. <laughs> it was just like he must have paid money or something. Dude, he was getting paid money. That's true. Um, David, you you did your list. I'm gonna do a couple of mine. Uh, yeah. Some repeats that I had on there. Uncle Phil was one of my honorable mentions. Marlon from Finding Nemo was one of my yeah. mentions. Um, Geralt from The Witcher um, was uh, one that my cousin Nick brought up. I called him earlier today and asked him for some suggestions. So shout out Nick. He also said Ted Lasso. Uh, he said that's his number one pick. Uh, he's just and he's the he's the team dad like. He's so invested in making those other characters better people and, like, not just um, great athletes, you know. Uh, and then he said De- uh, Detective Hopper from Stranger Things. I've never seen it, but that was one. I like that. Nick's one. I've only, seen the first, I've only seen the first season, but I can already see it. And he Good said uh, Ted Mosby from How I Met Your Mother. Um yeah, that's those were a bunch. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through. I'm gonna go through. Oh, okay. so I know uh, you're going. Order. Rap rapid fire. Uh, well, kind of rapid fire. I may say it, some stuff. Uh, Robin Williams from Good Will Hunting. I think that's like top notch. Top notch. Um, fun fact about that movie. Uh, the whole scene about his wife farting. Uh, was unscripted, and Matt Damon didn't know that it was gonna turn to that. So. He, the laugh in that is like super genuine and he's like actually cracking up. Cause he thinks that's, that was hilarious. Um, Robin Williams and Mrs. Doubtfire be oh. a top dad, like of course, super creepy and weird the way he <laughs> went about it. Um, no doubt, but like who he is and what he did and the ways he made sure that even though he wasn't really allowed to be taking care of his kids and he was able to provide and learn, new ways to be a better dad like what more could you ask for uh uh the dad from Step Brothers, not not really great example 
Um, but I thought he was an honorable mention because he's just hilarious. At the end of the movie, he uh, kind of realizes his his failings and tells them to not lose their dinosaur. Uh, that's just I won't go into that, but it's funny. Uh, Red Foreman from that '70s show, a dad willing to stick to his guns and put his foot up your ass. <laughs> um, Scott Calvin, which is also uh, Tim Allen in uh, Santa Claus, super good. Um, oh, I know that movie. How how, yeah. how can you how can you top being Santa Claus? You know, um, and he still had so much to learn to be a better dad, and he was Santa Claus, like. <laughs> Um, Marlon from Finding Nemo, Adam Sandler in Big Daddy. That is the one I was trying to get him to say. That is so good, so good. God, I remember. I remember growing up watching that. The spit scene. Yep, is just the being on the door ingrained in my mind when he's like, down and sucking it back up, mm-hmm. and it's just like, that's just like you learning dumb shit from your dad, like <laughs> you know, like. I, there's so many things I've learned from my dad that quintessential. Are, yeah, it's just so dumb. I love that one. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Um, I when I watched it as a kid, I did not realize how serious that movie was until I watched it as an adult. The first time watching it as an adult, I sobbed. I lost it. Um, and I I lose it every time I watch that movie. I love that movie. Yeah, I thought it was a funny movie too. I remember when I was like, I, I wanted to watch it because it looked so funny with the peen on the door and the spit scenes. Like, I didn't realize how serious it was either. So good. Scuba Dan. Um, and uh, Chris Pratt in Terminalist. I know neither of you have seen it. Please, please watch. Or have you? Oh, yeah, yeah. David saw it. David saw it. Never mind. No. Good. John hasn't seen it. I have not. It is so good. Um, a little. A little. Plug my ears. Plug my ears. No, no, no. no. <laughs> but like the lengths that a dad will go um, for his wife and kids, that's all I'm going to say. Um, very, very well-written show, well-written book. And uh, they're, they're re-upping on a, on a season two terminal list. Please sponsor the podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love to have already, already started watching it for the second time and I just finished it. Um, Alan Matthews from Boy Meets World, which is Corey's dad, another really good dad. Tony Stark and Aim giving it up, giving it all up. Um, that moment with him and Pepper, where she can, she tells him that he can, he can rest, he can sleep. Um, when he had so many restless nights because of all the all the people lost, I think that that just was. He's not just his kid's dad; he's like the Avengers' dad. <laughs> He's all of their dad. And um, the relationship between him and Tom Holland, Spider-Man just like kills me. It's so good. Um, that moment when Tom Holland just loses it, like crazy. Uh, Hawkeye from Endgame as well. Super like loses everything just to give up himself and then not be able to give himself up lose Nat and then get his family back crazy uh big spoiler alert if you haven't seen Black Panther please close your ears big 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 Wakanda Wakanda forever sorry um please close your ears for the next like 10 seconds fucking Black Panther having a kid crazy um definitely dad uh 
the pirate uh the cyborg i forget his name Dude. from treasure planet yes oh the the scene where he's telling him like you got you got the makings you got the and, makings of the greatness yeah and you <laughs> the he's talking about the wind in your sails i i just wish that i could i could get a little bit of the sun off of you the light off of you like that was such a good dad moment like you're going to be so much greater than I am. I could never even get close to how good you're going to be. And I just hope that I get some of that from just knowing you. Like, that's crazy. I love that line. Love that movie. Was it Long Long John Silver? Something like that, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. The the Cyborg. Yeah. This, yeah. From Did Treasure you, Planet. From Treasure Planet. Did yeah. you know, I just found this out right now. Um, do you know who plays the voice of Jim Hawkins from Treasure Planet? Yes, uh, it is. Oh, man. Oh, I knew it. I don't know. Now that I'm on the spot, I totally forgot, but I did I did know this. Go ahead. I... Joseph Gordon-Levitt, JGL. Yeah. No way! Yeah, I'm shook. I, that's why I liked his voice so much. I was like, why do I love this guy's voice? Got a good voice. He's such a good voice. JGL is such a good voice. Yeah. I did not realize that. That is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I literally could watch it's, that movie It's the day. most slept on movie. Yeah. Yeah. I used to watch that movie when I'd play hooky. Hooky. Hickey? Hooky. 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 <laughs> when I used to play hooky from, from school, um, I would like call in, pretend to call in sick, and then I would just spend the whole day and I'd watch Treasure Planet. Oh, so good. Um, Walter Hobbs from Elf, which is James Caan. Um, another like making of a better dad, kind of the same ideas uh, as Robin Williams in Hook, like a businessman dad that ends up just giving all that up to to try to be a better dad. I think that's great. Um, yeah, that's that's all my honorable mentions. If you have any others that come to mind, like I I'm, thought about one right now. Uh, cheaper by the dozen. Oh shoot, Megan Coda. To- Megan Coda told me to say that. Yeah, um, I do have a list. Uh, give me one second, but keep going. I want to hear about it. She she told me to to shout mention out Megan. Well. Yeah, shout out. Yeah, he's just like one. Sorry to anyone who has twelve kids, but like don't <laughs> don't have twelve kids, bro. Like oh. don't do that to yourself. I mean, one of my one of my buddies in high school, he has he is the middle child of fifteen. He is child eight. Holy moly! What? Yeah, he is number eight of fifteen, or fourteen. He's eight of fourteen. He he shares middle child, and it's just like, dude, the Mister Davis also his dad, not a TV dad, but (laughs) what a what a guy like being able to be a, a father for that many students that many students that many kids is like it's in, it's insane just being able to provide for that number of people you know we talked about being coaches and being a you know a figure for certain people but like it's different that they're in your home you know they're you're housing them that many at once that many different age ranges is a uh, very admirable in some ways and uh unnecessary, <laughs> unnecessary. in some others i think yeah, yeah. megan said uh oh shoot go ahead david i'll, I'll chime in real quick here the 
that made me think of um Seventh Heaven. Did you guys ever watch Seventh Heaven? I did not. Seventh Heaven sounds familiar. It does. I'm shocked that you guys didn't watch Seventh Heaven because that is I a classic. That's a white person show. They're more. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! They hey, have white. No. <laughs> Seventh <laughs> Heaven. Um, the dad is played by Stephen Collins. They had Jessica. Jessica Biel was one was one of the one of the daughters, older daughters. Kind of know who that is. Ringing bell. But yeah, there's like seven of them too. So I, I thought you guys would would watch that. Well, anyway, no, a dozen is a dozen. There's twelve. And seventh heaven is, is seven kids, so that's why you call it seventh heaven. Seventh heaven. Uh, Megan said he's the best example of someone who wants to work hard and have a career, but also prioritizes family. Well, I think said. that's very concise and well said. Well said. Um, some of the other ones that people mentioned. Um, so shout out to. Let me get it up. Also, if you're not following Dadly Duty's oh, yeah. podcast on Instagram. on Instagram, you can contribute to Drew's content. Yep. And you know, provide talking points and get your get your thoughts out there. So hit that follow, you know. Yeah. Dadly Duties Podcast um is the is the Instagram. Uh but yeah, um another one was by uh the Mandalorian. Uh, not not an actual father, but definitely a dad taking care of Grogu, um, going to great lengths to kind of learn how to be a dad. You know? mm. I think that's that's the, the yeah, main that's story. Yon. Who Yondu? Yondu. That's a good one. That's definitely the cut yeah. from the same cloth. Cut from the same cloth. Guardians. He. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Mandalorian. Michael, for that shout out, um, uh, for that suggestion, I mean, here's your shout out. Um, another one, John Corey said, Is it bad that my first thought was Homer Simpson? Uh, no, actually, I think that's a, a great one. I think Homer has some actually really redeemable moments, even though he chokes his kid out all the freaking time. <laughs> um, I think he definitely has some redeemable moments if you go back, especially since how many seasons of The Simpsons are there? <laughs> Like, no. <laughs> like could, could be could be um there's definitely got to be some redeemable moments in there uh daphne uh said john krasinski uh not josh krasinski john krasinski from quiet place um i know what that's about i haven't actually watched it but uh i know how he gives himself up and uh uh that's just one of the gnarliest scenes i've watched so crazy it's a really good one that's a really really good one um she also said liam neeson from oh yeah from taken thank you that's a scary good, dad yeah scary dad she also said um and i i assume that this is her and mateo coming up with some of these but daphne is her own person too so shout out daphne for participating does keanu reeves from john wick count he is a dog dad. I definitely think so. That was that was kind of what you were going for, right, David? Yeah, yeah. But I was saying I was gonna put I was gonna put John Wick with uh, with Liam Neeson and Marlon um, in Funny Mo. All all of them, you know, yep. you mess with their kid or dog, and you leave or car. <laughs> yeah, or car. Yeah, yeah. No, I uh, I definitely think there's a lot of good dads out there. Um, 
in media, even if they're not meant to be. Um, Brittany, you're thinking about it. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's uh, <laughs> I tried to help and I did. I did run my uh, run my ideas by oh, okay, her before so, I came. Okay. She was she was, she was contributing. Some, yeah, yeah. She gave me some good feedback. Yeah. Good, good, good. Um, shout out, Brittany. Yeah, dude. Uh, any more off the top of your head? I'm I'm thinking um, another good one would be uh, trying to th- think of like movies from my childhood or TV shows from my childhood. But um, yeah, there's there's so many good and bad examples, like you were saying, David. Oh yeah, we wanted to do bad examples. I didn't think about it at all. I think there's there's gotta be oh another good one uh that just popped into my head was um uh oh shoot I need to know his character's name Kirk Humbles I think Humble his dad um from Glee oh um learning to like deal with like being a dad from the Midwest and like not really knowing what it's like to be a single dad raising a, a kid who's coming out of the closet and then starting to date his friend, like high school friends, mom, and then taking him in and like trying to balance the, the duality of like, this is the high school jock kid I wanted to have, but this is, my actual blood and my actual kid who's not what I thought my kid would be and learning to kind of balance that and really show his love to both of his kids. I think that's like such a good, um, well-written dad, very well-written. Yeah. I think that makes me think of like what I take away from that is like not having an expectation set for your kids Mm. you know we're like you got no clue what your kid's gonna end up like you know like they could be all all, the whole world is out there you know like they could be whoever they're gonna be so like like obviously like for me and my dad like my dad played Sports in high school, you know, three-sport athlete. I went to high school, played the same three sports. <laughs> you know, like, he was influential. And you beat all his records, right? Influential to be <laughs> beside the point, yes. <laughs> but, like, in, in, you know, he ended up having a son very similar to him. But uh, that's something that I'm conscious about is, like, I don't want to have those expectations. And that, like, in my mind, we're, like, you know, I'm just excited for whoever – you know, my kid's going to end up being, and I think that character makes it very clear that that is a, a potentially like troubling thing as a parent is to like have expectations set and have them not necessarily reached or, or met and just kind of being conscious of removing those expectations, you know, like there's no need to have them. And especially for stuff that's so surface level like yeah. that. Like, of course, you want to be involved in, like, the character right. of who your kid is and what they value and and that they're a good person and that they 
make good like, choices ha- and have the tools to make good choices. Yeah. I think that stuff's important, but like, like you're saying, like, yeah, I want my kid to be a boss. Like, yeah, I want my kid to be better at like all the stuff that I'm living at. But like, you're always saying like, you don't want to live through your kids vicariously. Like they need to have their own life. They have to have their own interests. I think that's really important. I think that's super important. <laughs> David, what are you going to make your kids do? <laughs> <laughs> All kinds of stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. That's, uh, I mean, you know, I think John mentioned it perfectly. I, that is, I think, going to be my, my, uh, what do you call it? My, my biggest fear as a dad is uh, having expectations or putting expectations on my kids. Um, because in a lot of ways, right, like you, you do it, it comes from a good place. I think as most dads, right, even the bad dads out there, I think they're, they're most of the time they're doing it for the right reasons. But it's just the execution is just so poor. Something I would say as far as bad dads, one, I don't think that a lot of the bad dads are super memorable in TV and movies, and that's on purpose um, because it typically the movie's not about how bad the dad is, it's about how the person recovers from the bad dad. But I would definitely speak to the dads that weren't there. So, like Will and Fresh Prince of Bel Air, mm-hmm. the absence of his father spoke way louder than the two episodes that his and then left um i think that spoke a lot louder uh the like eminem's like biop biopic quote unquote um eight mile like his real father not being there ever like didn't even mention his real dad like it was only that that guy that his mom was dating you know um and of course that was like it's not him growing up it's him as an adult but i think um the dads that are absent are much more loud than the ones that are present and screwing up um because like that and that 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 that's like why a lot of these other people stepping up is such a big deal because mm-hmm. it's something they don't have to do but they want to do because they care about these people and i think that's like quintessential dad dadly duties david you're gonna say something um i guess for me just thinking of his absent father i mean i, I think of lebron james i don't know why but that lebron james right? Like being raised by his mom and not having a father figure. Um, but I want to be careful of my words. So I was kind of like looking this up before. Supposedly, I think, I think it, I was going to say, cause I never knew who his dad was. I was going to be like, I want to know who his dad was. Cause I mean, those jeans are gnarly jeans, but um, <laughs> supposedly his, uh, his father is known as Anthony McClelland, but I, I, I have no idea what his backstory is or his relationship with LeBron. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to make a comment and just assume what it was. But again, just, it seems like we all generally know that LeBron was primarily, uh, if not solely raised by um, his mom, but yeah, just the absent father or 
even Kevin Durant, right? I think to an extent, right? Talked about always like even his MVP speech, he talked about his mom's the real MVP because he was raised by his mom as well. Mm. Um, but again, yeah, absent, absentee fathers play a big part too. Yeah, I think the the highlight of other people up to fill that role and that void is like so cool, especially in TV and and movies. Like it's not about who wasn't there, it's about who was there. Um and that's like kind of what you're talking about. I love that. I didn't yeah. I didn't know that about the, I don't I don't sport, so <laughs> I don't I don't know about um athletes, but that's really cool that they overcame and were hopefully better for it. Um, yeah, I think it's a really, really great thing to touch on. And, you know, it's, it's something that we also caring for, you know, as long as we've been talking about something so impactful mm-hmm. could have also very easily glossed over, you know, and it took, you know, over an hour and a half to make the, the rounding to that like oh the people who weren't there like the fact that all of these these dads and all the uncles and the coaches and the you know alternate figures are like filling a void created by you know i don't want to go as strong as say a a choice Mm because you know you don't always have a choice in that situation you know they're are extreme circumstances, but you know, my default is, you know, a yeah. choice. And yeah, that's a it's a big point. I'm glad we got to to talk to touch on because it makes a huge makes a huge difference. It can be it can shape you a lot more having no model than a bad model. Totally. And I think Even speaking personal experience um, and not to get too deep into it, but I do remember a lot of the good that having my father in my life did do, regardless of whether I agree with how he handles certain situations or how I agree with um, what, what and how he went about doing things. But I think him being there regardless played a very large role in me growing up, like it meant financially, whether it meant emotionally, the, the lessons I learned from, him being around was was something that I wouldn't, if, if he wasn't around, I wouldn't, I don't know where I would be, you know? Um, I think everybody has something to offer regardless of what issues or problems they have. Um, But like when, like you said, like when there's an absent uh, parent and I, I think it goes both ways for sure. An absent parent is a huge loss for the kid. And I can only, only hope that my kid appreciates that because there's no way I'm missing out on that shit. 
Yeah. And I, I, I think that, you know, to your point, you're like, your, your kid's not going to know, know that until years down the line. Right. Because right. when you're there and we know you'll be there, like that's all he'll know. Right. That's all he or she will know. So um, they'll just assume that's, that's everyone's case. But I think later down the line, um, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll appreciate, hopefully appreciate the impact. I mean, um, it's, it's interesting. Cause I think, um, you know, I, I grew up with a dad, but because my parents were divorced, you know, when I was five and, and I moved to California when I was 10, like, I think for a lot of time, I felt like I did grow up without, you know, a father figure, mm. um, you know, and, and yeah, you're right. Like, I think, I think for me, like the thing that I always craved was, you know, fortunately I was lucky that any, any, any sports team that I was on, there were always some, you know, dads, um, yeah on the teams that really kind of brought me in. But I also knew like it was only to an extent, you know, like at some point there was kind of a line and it's not, I'm not blaming these dads. Right. I mean, the fact that they're, they're like welcoming me in to begin with is, mm-hmm. is more yeah. than anyone can expect, but there was definitely this, this difference. And I remember a lot, like, you know, growing up and playing sports and like, you know, I'd see, my my teammates go over to their dad and get a high five or something like that and you know i never had that a kiss on the top of the head a kiss on the top of the head yeah a hug picking up picking them up from behind and spinning them around whatever it is yeah yeah and then and then the funny thing too is like because like i kind of learned to kind of have no dad as my baseline when i did see my dad sometimes it would take me a couple of days to adjust to that you know, like it was, it was, it was something that, um, sometimes I, I would kind of get caught off by like how affectionate my dad was. Cause sometimes it felt like I had to warm up to him in a bit and I'm sure he noticed. And I'm sure that that wasn't always the best feeling for him. Cause he's pumped to see me. And then, you know, I'm kind of like, kind of got this like weird wall up right? on your shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that was always something. And, um, you know, the last thing I'll say is, I think one of the hardest part about about kind of growing up with with parents on on opposite coasts was there were so many nights where I'd wake up and I'd I don't know which house I'm in and oh. you know on, on the funny end the funny end would be the bathrooms are are oriented on the wrong sides on the opposite <laughs> so I would wake up and I'd usually oftentimes walk into a wall because I was like oh shoot I'm in my mom's place bathrooms to the you know to the right <laughs> whereas bathrooms on my left where my bed's located in my room at my dad's place. Right. But, um, joking aside, like, yeah, that was something too. It's like, sometimes I'd wake up and I'm like, I'd always forget like, wait, which, which house am I at? You know, which, which, which bedroom is mine and, and, um, not really knowing how to kind of settle into that. So yeah, again, obviously adding to this, it's, you know, the role of the role of any parent is, is, is huge. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's very, very, very pivotal. And, and I think because of that, sometimes I think about my future and um, there's, you know, fortunately, you know, obviously for, for the, for the, for the listeners, obviously you don't know me. Like I, I have a great relationship with my dad. I mean, as good as you can expect for, for not growing up with him, but in a lot of ways, like I've, I barely have that much memories of him in a house you know like 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 growing up in a in a house with with a father figure that sometimes it feels like when i think about myself being a a father one day i i don't feel like i have that much of something to lean on you know i don't have something that can help me 
think, oh, like, what was it like? Like, how, how did my dad look in the kitchen? How did my dad look in the living room? What is that like? It was really just me and my mom in the house all day. So um, it's kind of where I'm at with that. Interesting. That's funny that it's like, not to say it's surface level, but it's interesting that it's like the little things like that, that you remember not remembering. You're, you think about not remembering. Absence of memories. It's, yeah. That's, that's, I wouldn't even have thought of that. That's yeah. And, and, and it's like, it's, it's a good thing. It's, it's good and bad, right? With everything, right? The good thing is that I don't have a bad role model to go off of, right? I can really make it my own. Like when I become a dad, I can really shape it into how I want to see it. Cause I didn't have as bad of a role model as you want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but yeah, but on the, yeah, on the, on the flip side, like, yeah, I have like, I, to this day, I don't know how a good husband looks like, mm. like, person i don't know what a father looks like it's 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 to, and to kind of bring it back to the perp the, the, the best part about this episode like it's it's the movie and tv show dads if anything that mm-hmm. has probably given me my best perspective or how i would want to be a dad yeah. um you know in my life yeah yeah i I look at your situation with your family as a as like a better situation than my dad had with his family uh, because similar divorce when he was really young, uh, but he was never around. And um, that was like a big driving force for my dad when he became a dad. Mm-hmm. You know, my parents had me at 16, sophomore year in high school. Chose to be a dad. Yeah, that's that's like a big choice to be a dad and to be present and you know for my parents to you know still be together 20 plus 25 plus years later congrats is uh yeah seriously never you never forever you never know though <laughs> for real though like i just sh- very short but like the fact that your parents are still together and had more than one kid together like shock and awes me all the time yeah, like regardless of, they, I'm sure you they joke you, all the time you about see how the drama. The only reason they're together is because we had to have kids. <laughs> <laughs> My mom says that all the time. But like when they when they are together, they're cute. They're yeah. Like, uh, but anyway. point is that that was a huge like driving force for him. It was like I'm gonna be there. Like you know, Whew. he met his dad for the first time when he was ten. And the next time he met his dad, I was already born. Oh. So, like, you know, obviously from, like, zero to two or something, like, his dad was around, but he doesn't have memories of that. So, it took me a long time to, you know, give my dad more grace with, like, him learning how to be a dad. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, me and Brittany talk about it all the time now. It's like, babies with babies you know these kids are 16 years old with a with a baby can't imagine 18 years old with a baby 21 years old with a baby you know it's not just being that age of the baby it's being you know 19 with a one-year-old it's being 20 with a two-year-old you know yeah, and adding those landmarks yeah and adding all of those you know layers when my sister and my brother were born they're learning to walk when you're forgetting to walk on your 21st <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like they're, 
my so my dad didn't have that role model. He didn't have that picture. And my grandma is as dad as it gets, man. She's <gasps> she's a trooper. And you know, she raised my dad awesome. And, you know, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for her. I'm thankful for, for my dad for, you know, being around and for my mom for being around. But I don't think you need to have a perfect role model or a bad role model to still do a good job being a dad. You you just got to try your best. And, you know, effort goes a lot farther than than being right and being perfect. Obviously, there's always ideal situations and then there's also like, how can I do my best with what I got? That's, that sounds like what, like your perspective, as far as like, you're trying to figure out how you're going to be able to do the best with what you got. And that's your dad's perspective. And that's my perspective. I'm lucky enough to have a dad who's really present in my life, Mm -hmm. but I, I have that same mindset regardless that I want to do the best that I can with what I've got. And, you know, I'm lucky enough to maybe have a little bit more in my corner to start or I have a, a good role model to, like, balance off. And obviously, you know, my dad did stuff, too, that I'm like, okay, not going to do that. But, like, everybody has. everybody's everybody got that, you know, to take from, you know, you just you use what you got. You use whatever you got in the tool belt to, to, to make the, the most of your, your dadship. For real, though, like... I've, I've learned from my grandpa. I've learned from my mom, namely like my mom, true blue, like busted ASS to give me a good childhood. She worked any job she could. She like, as soon as she lost a job, she she had another one. Like she was always trying to provide a better life for me like she was still trying to like do fun stuff for me even though she did not have the money to do it um we always had a good time she tried to show me ways that were inexpensive to have fun and and like there were just things that like she made sure we shared um like yeah my grandpa had that tough love and my mom has that tough love but like and and my dad did too like and he still tries to like he's really more than ever my dad has is trying to have a relationship with me and it doesn't go unnoticed and it and it i don't think it's it's ever too late to have a better relationship with your kid mm-hmm. i don't think that exists like if if you're listening to this right now and you have a crappy relationship with your your parent like or or your kid yeah don't give up on it like those are the people you don't give up on hold out hope pray whatever you got to do for that person give them a second third fifth 20th chance like those are the people that are worth it and also like the people that take on the title like the brand the dad like John's got my fucking handwriting on his hip. Like, I'm not giving up on John ever. That's not. That's it. I kind of, I kind of went into this earlier, but um, I guess I'm, I'm curious for you both. What, 
if there is something about being a dad that you're you're you that's like a fear or or what keep you up at night do you have anything or something like the equivalent of me like feeling like i'm going to put too many expectations on my kids and make them feel a lot of pressure which they don't deserve so again something that i need to work on like is there something that you can think about something that immediately comes to mind for me is so many of my friends have done such good jobs at picking partners and i can only hope that i can have that discernment and that luck and that like love um like and i'm just holding out for love like i i look at john and Brittany, and i like i'm so thankful to have both of you in my life i'm so thankful that you both found each other and that y'all have survived the trials and tribulations and that you guys are getting married soon and david to see you happy with candace like ah makes me giddy like and seeing mateo and daphne and going through that process of like meeting her and then them getting married like what oh (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. um and like mateo and and daphne going through that process with them and and just kind of like learning about how they met each other and how mateo wanted to become a better person and anthony and Alyssa like getting married soon too like everybody around me is just getting married and and finding their person and i think as a like prospective husband, father, boyfriend, whatever it could be. Um, Like, I just want to make sure that I pick the right person to raise a kid with. That's like my biggest thing. And it's a blessing and a curse. Like I have really very specific standards. I won't say high because they're very specific to me. Maybe that it's not things that other people would pick, but there's just there's so much to being a parent and I want to be, I want to be on the same page and I want to like, I want us to raise great kids. That's what I want. That's my fear. But also like my driving force. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like the thing I look forward most to is like, like compromising and learning what, what she wants out, out of raising a kid and, and communicating what I want out of raising a kid and, and then like putting into practice and being like, well, this isn't working. Let's do better. Like, let's figure it out. And like raising a teenager, like totally want to communicate with my teenager. Like, yeah, I'm the boss. Like I make the end decisions, but I also want them to feel like they have a voice. Like I don't want them to feel like I don't care about what they have to say. That is a really, really good response. I just realizing like how privileged I was to not even have to consider that. Like it made me like think about that, like, like how lucky I am right now to, to know that that's not something I have to worry about. It makes me feel really good. So <laughs> thanks for mentioning that. Um, Great. You got a good one. My, uh, 
Mine's way darker. <laughs> I Jeez. I fear losing a child more than anything because that's like the the role that I have, you know, in my family. My parents having me at sixteen, you know, shifts your perspective on on your life and whether or not you are supposed to be here and like you know mm. you know feeling like you belong or totally understand that. like whether or not your parents lives were you know affected poorly because of you know ultimately their choice to to have you and i think that is what what worries me is knowing that how well i think my parents did in less than ideal circumstances and you know i'm gonna be in a much more stable place in my life when i do have kids Mm -hmm. and just the idea of not having the opportunity to have a full you know like relationship with it with one of my kids because of you know something happening an accident an accident or a you know something whether it be uncontrollable or even worse controllable Mm. you know something that you know i made a mistake Mm -hmm. and that led to you know the the passing of one of my kids something like that but i think that's what like is my biggest fear is yo they just let you leave a hospital with a baby with no experience (laughs) they're just like there you go take them home Give, give them the best life you can you know and they they really don't like filter or like like uh, like vet anything. <laughs> it's just insane, <laughs> honestly. But so I think that's just like the idea that I could like you know lose that opportunity. In response to that, totally, like my parents weren't that young, but my dad was nineteen. My mom was 21. There were definitely opinions and suggestions flying around um, at the notice of my preg- of my mom getting pregnant with me. And um, one, I am unbelievably grateful that your parents chose to have you. Like that is something I haven't ever told you but i think about a lot and um yeah i think that's like so powerful i'm glad you shared that that opened up the floor for me to be able to share that with you um but yeah like i have never thought about losing a kid that's really gnarly and that's totally terrifying but that's also like kind of you were saying something about like you uh david talking about being a protector like of your significant other but also of of your kids and like that's totally something that i see like as a very important role that i want to take on and like need to it's something that's like inside of me that is constantly something I'm thinking about. I guess I do 
think about it, but not from that perspective, more like how am I bettering myself today to be a better protector and father tomorrow and down the line. I was talking to David about this, like I'm working on habits and maybe we can, we could do a whole podcast on this, but I was talking to David about like starting habits now. So when I'm a dad, um, it's, it's autonomic. It's, it's already going like I'm constantly vigilant. I'm constantly, uh, like I'm waking up early or whatever, like whatever the habit is to be a better father and dad. That's kind of the way I look at that kind of situation. But there is things that like you can't predict or plan for or protect your kids from because like they looked both ways and the car came around the corner. Like there's just things you can't control. That's there's, there's also another like layer to that is is I think being like I have a really importance of like having like security and like safety in my life and mm. that I don't want to make a mistake and let my kids grow up without me mm. or like similarly like the way I wouldn't want to lose them is I don't want them to lose me and just like being conscious of like the decisions I make and, you know, making sure that I'm going to continue to be around, you know, healthy. Yeah. Healthy. And I'm mostly talking about like not doing anything dumb that I'm going to like in an accident situation, like kill myself. (laughs) But like, you know, obviously looking long-term you want to build healthy habits like you're saying and and you know be around for as long as you can so there's just a lot a lot of of that so like tying tying in both um i kind of responded you first um it's funny your your fear is something that i've always thought about too growing up and and uh I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I was, you know, primarily raised by a single mom. Me just selfishly and Drew, I know you have the same. Um, I know this podcast is around dads, but I also, for me, like just my bias is, is that um, my partner is going to have a bigger impact on my kids. Um, And and I kind of want it that way, if that makes sense, because She's going to be the one that's going to carry, you know, each one, however many one, however many we have through the woman. There's just going to, there's just this bond that I just feel like they will have that is so special. And again, part of my role is to protect that, right. To make sure that no one gets in between that. But um, yeah, having a partner for me is, is, is also kind of like the key to the whole thing. Um, And, and I think really like, what really started to make me feel like um, being a father could be something like really realistic is, is just kind of meeting my, my reason partner. Cause I just feel like I, I generally feel like she's the kind of person that um, I'm ready to kind of have that, that teamwork with, right. Cause being a, being, having kids, raising kids is, is the, the heart the biggest teamwork requirement I think ever. Right. And the fact that there are single parents who do it is, is 
even more power to them. Right. But it's a lot of, as you guys said, a lot of compromise, a lot of sacrifice that's involved. Um, and your partner is going to be equally important in shaping how the kids are, right? Because they're going to look at both of you as role models. So also right to the point, if you don't have a great relationship with your partner, you don't really agree with everything that they do, like your kids are going to, your kids are going to pick up on that, you know? So I think that's key. And um, to kind of tie it into to what John's point, for me, it's funny, similar to Drew, I never thought about losing, losing my kids. I thought about losing my partner. Mm. That's my biggest, that's like my biggest fear to kind of tie in both sides. Like I, I feel like I don't know if I could be, I don't know if I could be a single parent. Like I, can I do it? Yes. But I, that's just, that's just the reality. That's like a reality or scenario that I don't want to have. And so for me, it's, I'm more scared about losing my partner and being left with like left to be a, a single dad. Like that is something that I kind of want no part of. And, you know, if I can prevent it, like I will I, I, I would be the one kind of, you know, back. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll, I'll be the one, I'll be the one to sacrifice it. You know what I mean? Like I, I believe I generally, my philosophy when it comes to family, everything is that I think my wife is going to be more important to the kids and the mother is more important. So, um, you know, if I had to, if my, if I had to kind of, if I could be in a decision, like a, like a, like a choice between, is it me or my wife? Like I'm going to pick me every single time. You know, and make sure that my wife, my my kids have have their mother. You know, you're talking about the sacrifice play. Like, if you would choose to put yourself in that in that compromised position, not that you would choose yourself over your wife or kids. Exactly. Exactly. That's so interesting because I think. Ooh, sorry, Britt. No, (laughs) I think in a situation where you don't have kids, I, I agree. Like, I... I John selfish when it comes to his kids. <laughs> yeah, I think that, I think that like, mostly that is what it is. It's like, not that I, I... My fear is not losing my partner as much as it is leaving my partner alone. Mm. And... Damn, that's a whole other yeah, perspective. Like, that's where mine is like, I know that I could do it. Like, I I have no doubts. I, If there was a way for me to have a kid on my own, you know, obviously adoption, but, but like, like, if I had, did not find the right person, I would, I would be a dad by a certain age. I would adopt and I would be a single father. That's like something I know for myself. Damn. Because... It's honestly, in a lot of ways, more important for me to be a dad mm-hmm. and to, you know, have that part of my life than it is to be a partner. I agree. So at a certain point in my life, I don't know exactly when that would be, but at a certain point, I would, you know, if I hadn't been lucky enough to, to find someone to be a partner with, I think I would have taken that venture on my own and not needed to have a partner so yeah my fears my fears flipped on that which is interesting funny i love i love this because yeah i for me it's yeah it's it's just flipped for me too i if if i didn't have if i if i do not find the right partner i will not have kids 
That's crazy. And I will spend the rest of my life like not. I will not. I will not take that gamble for myself personally. Uncle D. Uncle D. <laughs> yeah, I'll just exactly. You can I'll, still I'll, be. You can still be a dad, dude. Yeah, I'll just. I'll. I'll stay. I'll stay as uncle. I'll just stay as uncle. Yeah, because like for for me, like I think. Um, and again, obviously, like like we like we're talking about, there's there's literally no wrong answer. It's just truly how you were shaped oh, yeah. growing yeah. up. But for me, I've very recently come to realize more and more, it's just like solidified, like um, you know, whether my partner and I work out or not, or you know, I, I I'm I'm confident in my ability to hopefully find someone. But that is the most important thing in my life is finding my life partner and and living my life because I think in a lot of ways, like for me especially if like I don't end up having the kind of relationship that I want with my kids, you know, or the way I imagined and hope, I think it'll still be okay because honestly, like that's their life, mm-hmm. you know, like with my life, I found my partner. I found my happiness, mm-hmm. with my partner. And, and so even if I don't agree, like that's your life, you know, my job is to, you know, do all the, do all the basics, right. Feed you, give you a house, you know, give you an education, teach you as much as I can. But ultimately, if you choose to not accept any of my stuff and at 18, you want to leave the house, that's on you. You know, that's on you and that's okay. And I'll respect that because ultimately you're an adult and you've got a whole life to live. But guess what? Like son or daughter, like I live my life. I found my partner. I found love. I found that the the pursuit of happiness, I made that, you know, my, my mission and I succeeded. So whatever, whatever you want to do with it's, you know, kind of... I, I don't mind. I honestly love that too, because nothing is better than looking at a parent who is happy with their own life. Mm. You know, like if you're doing what is Content. best for you, yeah. If you're doing what is best for you and you're enjoying, you know, like growing up seeing your parents like, like in love is like what is you know what you grow up around. That's huge as a kid too, and that's gonna like influence you later in your life. I think it's so underrated the idea of showing your kid how to love another person. Mm. It's so underrated, especially in like this day and age, like being able to see a father love a mother in a healthy way and a mother love a father in a healthy way. And I don't want to get, too into it but like you see a lot of issues that like people have because they didn't learn from a healthy relationship right i know that a lot of my uh shortcomings where i fall short in a relationship come from my lack of seeing healthy relationships in front of me like i grew up with my grandparents um for like a year I lived with them and was around them a good bit. So I had a little bit, but they like, my grandparents are so old. Like they weren't like lovey dovey. They were just like kind of living life and like nice to each other and respectful and committed. But like, it was just kind of like, we've been doing this for however long, (laughs) you know, Uh, you don't get to like, I think that's another one of my big goals as a person prospective parent one day (laughs) is that I would love to be a great example of how to treat a significant other. I want to, I want to be a great partner and like, I want to be an awesome husband. 
And I think if that's something I can pass on to my, my son or help show my daughter how my wife loves me, I think that would be above and beyond. That, that'd be more than enough to like set them up for way more success. Because yeah. I know like a lot, a lot of my shortcomings come in, in relationships come from not having a, a very apparent example in front of me. Yeah. And like, and like, even for me, like, it's as simple as like, uh, you know, hopefully like, you know, not, not <laughs> selfishly, not, not too early in their lives, but I would love for my kids to, to see me be vulnerable, you know, and let them know, like, it's okay for a man to be vulnerable. It's okay for them to, to see a man cry. And hopefully though, if it, even better, I would love for the first time they see me cry. Like I'm crying in my wife's arms and they're like, Oh wow. Like, like dad cried in mom's arms. Like, wow, like it's okay. Like it's okay for a guy to, to, to be that sensitive and be vulnerable and, and have a partner that they can completely envelop themselves in. But, uh, but going back to a, a, another, the, what John said earlier, I was just wanted to kind of clarify or you can collaborate on this. I know you mentioned kind of in our scenario, right? The scenario I said, um, you know, I don't want to lose my partner, right? Cause like, I don't know if I would be able to, you know raise kids on my own and you're like you can do it and you were you saying like your fear is more like leaving britney with your kids and you're not there because of how hard the world is right especially for a woman or or like no it's not it has nothing to do with her being a woman it has nothing to do with (laughs) no 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 but not thinking that me not thinking she's capable or as capable as i am it has nothing to do with that i i think I, I've, that's just, I have a bigger fear of letting other people down than I do other people letting me down. Yeah. So that is the best way you could have phrased that. I think that made me, that made everything click way better. Like I, I have very low expectations for other people in my life. The people who get really close to me do gain some expectations but I really, I don't, I don't expect anything from anyone. You have more of a high expectation for yourself than anybody. Oh, else. and my expectations for myself, like I'm constantly trying to like temper and like make myself like n- not try to be this like so idealistic person that I'm like. You've mentioned it already like three times in this podcast. Yeah, it's like I'm trying to like recognize that I'm like also Human. like normal and gonna make mistakes and like can't you know, be this person that I want to be exactly. So I think that's where that comes from. Is It's not that it has nothing to do with like me comparing myself to her at all. It just has to do with. And again, if I die, like I die and I don't have to even think about it, but like <laughs> I'll, until I die, I'll think about it. You know, that that's something I don't want to, you don't want to let them down by not want to leave. Yeah. To be there. And, and, and me, yeah, I, obviously I, I completely butchered that completely. And, and for those, you know, for those listening, I'm not a misogynistic prick, <laughs> but you know, where I was going from, but yeah, that's very helpful. He again. was making sure that John wasn't, yes. which he knew, but it's, 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 but it's like, it's, it's like kind of diving deeper. I mean, I think it's, it's also, yeah, like you don't want to feel like you abandoned right like you didn't want to abandon your wife and your kids kind of and let them down to your point i guess like the the the, the what i was also kind of curious about too if, if you felt this at all is like you know this 
this world is set up, you know, for the most part, it's, it's, it is a patriarchal society, right? And, and for the most part, I think, I think, just like, just, just like, I, I just feel like sometimes it could be, it could be tough, you know, for, for when, when there's like lack of, uh, I don't know, male presence. Um, in I definitely a... think there is a general advantage having a male presence in the home. Um, again, there's things that you would lack, obviously, that, you know, uh, a female present might bring, presence might bring. But again, I think there's plenty of very healthy families that have, you know, an absence of one or the other, or uh, families that have two dads or two moms that also have very healthy, you know, relationship dynamics and like develop, you know, and raise awesome kids who have good moral compass and make the right decisions and are positive members of society. Like, I think there, there is some of that to look into, but I don't think that's the part that I think of or that part that I focus on. It's just more of like, like the character, like trait in in innately that I have and how I feel about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's helpful. I think as long as you, you have parents that love you and that you have those kind of roles in front of you, you're going to be way better off. Like just having two parents, a mom and dad that love you or whatever, whatever. Um, But like two parents that really love you and that care about you and that, in uh what's the word i'm looking for uh in part their their wisdom and their their also their protection earlier and their um their kindness whatever it is uh i think that's the most important thing that like you can do as a parent is just do your best to impart as much wisdom and love that you can on your kids i think that's that's more important than like obviously like we all three of us came from different parental setups and i feel like all three of us are are pretty great people like not to toot our horns but like i feel very grateful to have you guys in my lives and i think all three of us have different different opinions and different views on all kinds of stuff and regardless I think all three of us have very good moral compasses. We all care about people. We try our best and we're, we're talking about it right now. Like the makings of greatness. That's exactly. Also, I was thinking about this earlier. Um, fudge. It was about treasure planet. It was about, uh, Jim, uh, the character Jimbo. What was it? dang that's gonna kill me oh he yeah he didn't have a dad he's another another Mm -hmm. person that he didn't have a dad and then he had a dad figure in the movie and he was better for it and that's like kind of like a cool little like oh he he found a dad in somebody that wasn't his dad and that's super cool um i thought about that earlier and i wanted to say it and then i forgot it and i just remembered it halfway <laughs> um, um drew I, I have a question for you because you know i think i think one thing that I've, I've always kind of admired is i think in a lot of ways you've 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 had a great impact on your on your your siblings you know all of your all of your siblings i appreciate you saying that 
And, and so I think with that, I'm just curious, like, do you feel like, you know, because of those experiences, you know, you, you somewhat have, you know, you're who you want to be as a father and everything comes like compared to me, right. Who never had siblings. Like I've never, I've never been put in that situations. So I think in a very different way. So we were talking about how like having examples in front of you puts you at a, at an advantage, right? Seeing good parents in front of you puts you at an advantage, right? Um, I think what a, a different route that I ended up being put in was um, being kind of thrown into the fire trial by fire. Um, I also was working at the Montecito YMCA um, prior to that as a kid in fifth grade as a CIT and was working with preschoolers and working with kids, even kids my age. And like, we went through a whole training on like how to deal with parents and deal with kids and still have that binder. It's actually over there. Um, it's a whole staff handbook and stuff. But uh, I think that that put me at an advantage in a lot of ways. Like I've changed more diapers than many dads I know that are in their like thirties and forties um, just because I had five siblings and I changed a lot of diapers. Um, and also like I had a good relationship with my stepmom, Christine. Um, we're very close and that, that made me want to be around more. Um, as I grew, have grown older, um, definitely have like stepped back from that role a little bit. Not that I care any less, just like I also need to invest time in developing myself. But uh, more recently, I've actually been spending some more time with them. And me and John took my brother out to disc golf, which was super cool. And definitely like sharing a little dad moment. Um, big brother moment and yeah i i think i've definitely dipped my toes in the water um kind of seen what it's like seen what it takes it's uh, not gonna hurt that's what Dale. oh definitely <laughs> and also like i love kids if you know me personally you know that i've i've every job i've had besides working at a smoothie shop in town i have worked with kids my entire life so um i truly 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 care about the kids and care about um contributing to making quality kids um as a coach and as a camp counselor and as a brother um that's something i i care deeply about so yeah definitely david um definitely have some some more experience than uh some people did and yeah it wasn't just changing diapers <laughs> but um yeah i think i think this is a good spot to start to wrap it up um david i for sure want to have you on again um i could talk to you for hours and hours and hours um you know John will be back on. He's oh, yeah. been on and will continue to keep being on. Um, if you want to be on and you're listening to this, please reach out. 
um, I'm sure you have something to contribute and I'd love to, to talk to y'all about um, whatever, whether it be 30 minutes or two hours and 27 minutes. Um, yeah. Thanks for stopping by and thanks for being my dad. <laughs>